Uh, it's been a rough year uh, for kids. Uh, do you understand that? Uh, those of you who are older, uh, some, sometimes I think that uh, the older we get, um, we, we think about canceling things. Uh, some of you, the, the idea of going to Disneyland, how, does that sound exciting to you? Yeah, some of you, some of you that sounds real exciting. Some of you are going, uh, I, is it still in Southern California? I don't even know. I haven't been there in so long and I don't really care to. And so there's this... Uh, idea that for so many of us that the idea of canceling things and the idea of not being able to do uh, certain things isn't a big deal. But uh, you think about uh, how kids will remember this year and maybe longer, uh, just the idea that the the year we couldn't do what we wanted to do, we couldn't go and do. And uh, and there are many things. It it wasn't just... um, you know, many uh, visits with family and friends and grandparents um, because we were concerned about um, getting sick and dying. And uh, I mentioned already theme parks and can't go to school. Why? Because of the sickness. Uh, and for a while there, I'd not even come to church. Uh, that was my bad. Uh, um, we did, uh, for a portion of this year, uh, not come to church and not have kids things. And so uh, we really think that through and we think about the, how rough that is for kids and parents as well. Um, it's interesting that uh, for a while there, we thought we can't play soccer and baseball and basketball and go to dance class or the gym and um, this idea that you can't, you can't, you can't. And... Uh, as I think about that, um, the dangers of sickness um, and the dangers of development uh, compete, don't they? And, uh, and we as a church, we want to uh, be careful uh, that we don't err on one side or the other, but walk with the Lord on all these things. Um, as with many problems of this life, they're adult problems and we make the kids pay for it. And uh, one of the things that's discouraged me most this year has been that, that if there is truly a problem for us as adults, uh, we should take uh, the proper precautions and whatever and let the kids be um, and let them live. I think about the time of uh, Jesus' birth and uh, King Herod, and uh, he's not that famous in the scriptures other than his great uh, grand thing that he did was that he was challenged and intimidated by the birth of the new king. And so because he loved his power, uh, because he was selfish, because he loved his affluence that being king had brought, um, he took it out on the children. And uh, I think that's true today. I think that you should be mindful uh, when you see politicians and um, people of power and influence uh, caring more about themselves than they do about the children, whether they be theirs or not. I want to encourage you this morning by this. I, I want you to know the heart of Jesus for children. And, and as I say the heart of Jesus for children, I want you to know that that's what I want my heart to be like as well. That's what I want to uh, be uh, emulated in this church 
uh, as we place our kids up on stage, and um, they they might even be a touch cute this morning, a touch cute. And if you need to um, take a picture, go right ahead. Uh, uh, We are uh, simulcast, but also live streaming this, and you can pick it up on Facebook later uh, this afternoon. But I, I want us to realize the heart of Jesus. And when he, when he looked at uh, the children, he saw the children as an incredibly important, big deal treasure to him. And so as I think of this church and I think of the children that we have, uh, our hearts should follow along with that. That our hearts should be like Jesus. And our, as we look at these little ones, we should see ourselves as ones who treasure and protect the little ones. I want to go through five passages real briefly. And uh, I promise uh, I will be brief as we've got the important show uh, coming uh, in a moment. Uh, in, in Luke chapter uh, 18, verses 15 through 17, you realize that Jesus placed the children, the, even the infants, uh, front and center. And it says, now, now they were bringing even infants to him that, that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him saying, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. A couple of things I want to point out. First of all, um, this is what adults do all the time. Uh, Forgive me for saying it. This is is the adult room right here, right? This is the adult china. Uh, Kids don't, there's a kid's table over there. Uh, By the way, the kid's table is a lot more fun than the adult table, you know, uh, to hear what's going on with grandpa's pancreas and stuff like that. It really isn't that great of a deal. Um, uh, I, you have this separation that we're always saying, well, uh, the kids are crying, the kids are too loud, the kids are running, uh, the kids are laughing too loud. Um, and, and, and that's the picture that we, we sometimes we say, kids over here, adults over here, and the adults are the important ones. And, and that's what happened in this situation. They were bringing the little ones to Jesus, and uh, the disciples are going, come on, this is, Jesus is an important guy. We don't need these bratty kids around here. And Jesus rebuked them. He rebuked them. And for us to remember that children are part and front and center, he said that children should come to him, and the idea that there is a place and a spot with Jesus for children, the little ones. And there's always this idea that there's a special spot with Jesus for children. And so it'd be good for us to be mindful of that. Also, uh, in verse 17, I, I think it interesting and important for us to remember that uh, kids are our example, our pattern of attitude of heart as we come to Jesus. Some of us think we're pretty smart. Some of us think we've studied really hard and we know the scriptures real well and we're, we can take the advanced class. And Jesus said, forget about the advanced class. You take the kids class. And you come with a heart, a humble heart, 
as a child needing a father. This is the way you come to me. Which brings me to my second uh, point this morning, uh, and it's somewhat connected. I, I take from Matthew 18, verses 5 and 6. But Jesus connects our relationship with him and the children together. Jesus said, whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones to, who believe in me to sin, it'd be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. What a picture. Um, Jesus says, as I am connected with these little ones who in childlike faith believe in me, you be careful the way you treat my kids. And, and he says, you don't lead them into sin. You lead them away. You protect them. And as we think about our children here, there should always be this attitude of treasure, of protection, and uh, realizing that uh, our relationship with God is connected with our relationship to the ones that he loves and, uh, and protects. Which brings me to my third point, John chapter 6, verses 9 and 11. It's a story that many of you know, and uh, it, it's, it stands out to me because there were tons of adults around. In fact, they were the ones that were numbered, even the men. And I'll just read to you, uh, in the midst, uh, there were a ton of people, Jesus had been teaching, he'd been doing miracles, there were thousands of people, Um, but this is what it says, it says, there is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down, and now there was much grass in the place, and so the men sat down about 5,000 in number, meaning most likely that there were many more than just 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed uh, them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. As much as they wanted. Kids, uh, how many of you, your mom and dad always cut you off when you're eating good stuff? They say, oh, you can only have two of those or three. Oh, you've had enough. You've had enough. Some of us older people have been cut off too and should be cut off more often. But, but the picture here is this, that they needed food. They needed food. It was time for dinner and there, were, there wasn't food and there wasn't McDonald's and there wasn't Albertsons and there wasn't even Walmart. Um, and so where would you buy the food? And so the, the answer of the adults, I got a great idea. Send everyone home. Tell them to get their own food. And Jesus says to his disciples, you know, hey, what, what should we do? And they're like, I don't know. They could have said anything, by the way, kids. They could have said anything. Hey, make it fall from the sky. Hey, may, hide it behind that rock over there and we'll all go over there. They could have said anything, but they said nothing. But there was a boy with his uh, lunch, a common lunch. And you know what Jesus did? He did a miracle with that boy's lunch. <laughs> and you know what he did? Uh, it doesn't say this in the passage. He brought shame to every adult in the crowd. Because <laughs> they were saying, why didn't I get to be a part of that? I want to tell you kids, I want to tell you adults, 
that as you look at these little ones, part of the work of God, when your kid wants to tell you something about that he's learning about God, you should listen. You should listen. You should go through the scriptures and let, let, let the kids understand what the Bible says and let their minds embrace the Jesus who loves them so much. I want to tell you that uh, Jesus did not set the kids aside, but he used the boy to teach everybody, including us today. Which brings me to my fourth point. It's an interesting passage in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. It says this, Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father, and younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. What is that? Well, what are the players there? You got fathers, you got brothers, you got mothers, and you got sisters. What is that? It's a family. It's a family. And what's so fascinating to me about this, the book of 1 Timothy is talking about the church. It's talking about the church, just like this. And as you look around, uh, you can say there are four categories here. Mother types and father types, sister types and brother types. And it depends how old you are, how those things work out, right? And what that is, is a family. And we all know that. Why, why do we know about families? Because we're part of families, right? And some of our families are different. We have more kids or less kids or no kids. Or uh, sometimes we've had problems. And so, but, but the picture here is this, that God places us as people, everybody, in a family. We were born into a family, and we were born again into the family of God. Born again. And so as you picture uh, what's going on here this morning, it's not an elite club of any sort. It's not a, a group of people that are taking on the world or taking over. We're lucky to meet even here this morning, right? Get, get all our shoes on the right feet. It's, it's difficult to pull off some simple things. But know this, know this. God has placed you in your family, so take care of them, to be a family, be the best family that you can be, even in our broken state, it's fine. Be the best family that we can be, but also be the best family of God that he wants us to be. This is not optional. This is not optional. Uh, some of you are thinking, you know, um, if you don't like your family, you move far, far away, right? Uh, I want to tell you, uh, in times like this, especially times like this, it's not, uh, uh, we, we can't take a break or a vacation from the family of God, but rather we pull in tight. We pull in tight that we might be the encouragements that God wants us to be by his design. We are born to a family and we are born again into the family of God. Which brings me to my last point this morning. As we think about, um, <coughs> excuse me, as we think about what God is doing, you see the book of Ephesians, a great book about church, what's going on in the church, how the church is, um, is happening 
And, and as we look at this, it's a, a great section. He's talked about the power of God, the, the wisdom of God being poured out and shown to his people. Uh, in, in Ephesians 2, verse 20, it says this as, as kind of a concluding, concluding doxology. It says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Um, so uh, how many of you have uh, kids, kids, and you're raising kids right now? Got your hands full, right? You got your hands full. Some of you got more than your hands full, right? You know? Uh, you know, you, I, I think four is a good number of kids because you can grab one by one by one. You know, you, two parents grab kids. You know, uh, if you get more than that, you got to start stepping on feet and stuff like that. If you have less than that, you have too many seats in the minivan. And all, no, yeah, I'm just kidding you. Anyways, uh, you think about that. And how many of you as parents are, are concerned about the world that we live in? How many of you are concerned about the world that we live in? Come on now, you guys aren't, are you guys not paying attention? Uh, not to me, but to the world. Uh, and you, you picture, you look at your little ones, and I want to encourage you, as you look at these little ones up here, picture them being 30, 40, and 50. And you start doing the math, and you say, well, I don't know if I'm going to be around then. You're right, you might not be. But as you look at these ones, how, how will they be ready for whatever the world is like when they're 30, 40, and 50? How will they be ready? And, and some of you are breaking out in a rash right now, even as I talk about it. I, I, I'm not trying to concern you, but I want to give, I, I give you confidence for the days ahead. Uh, I know that I re- realize I said kids, but for many of you, uh, retirement's ter- a terrible time because you don't know where you're supposed to go, right? You're not, you don't have a job that people are bossing you around all day. And you have all this time, and so you just think about your kids and your grandkids all day long. And then you watch the news, and then you think about your kids and your grandkids all day long. I want to encourage you about these things because this is such a great concept of Scripture. Look down or... Uh, it's gone in, in, in the passage, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter two, as it, 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 it shares about uh, this, uh, th- this amazing power that God is working out. The one who can do more than we can imagine, the one who has power and is working out his plan. It says that he will receive glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Do you hear that? Throughout all generations. And the, the beauty of thinking about generations, and it's so important for us to, uh, as we have confidence as God's people today, that God will be enough for us today, that his son Jesus will cover our sins today, that though the world spins out of control, we here today have confidence. Why? Because of our God. But as we look at these little ones, I want to tell you the same answer that is good enough for us today will be good enough for them when they're 30, 40, 50. Throughout all generations. And then it says, if you didn't get it, 
if he didn't get it forever and ever, forever and ever. I want to tell you the, the great reason that we gather together as God's people, that we uh, power on and will continue to do so, is that we have the right answer in Jesus Christ. And we don't just have the right answer for today, we have the right answer for tomorrow. And we don't just have the right answer for us, it's for our kids and our grandkids and the generations that will come after us as long as the Lord works out his plan. I'm so thankful that we are not a passing fad, that we don't have a passing message, we have an eternal message that's good for all. Please join with me in prayer. God, um, we are thankful that you have loved us so much that you sent your son. And God, as we uh, cry out to you as people who are needy and uh, people who are childlike in that we can't uh, understand everything, we can't take it all in, we are weak, uh, God, we thank you for your love and your care for us. God, as we think of the families and the children represented here today, I pray that we would treasure them as you would desire of us, that we would love them and that we would protect them and that we would uh, train them, that we would be a part of encouraging families to walk with you uh, in confusing days. God, thank you for the message of your son, Jesus. Help us to enjoy it now as we see these kids. We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen.